Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 18. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go. Therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And this is the word of the Lord. You may grab a seat. It was in 2016. 2016, Hill City Church was planted. A man by the name of Dr. John Marshall. It was his idea. This is a man who uh, has given and continues to give his life to gospel ministry. He said that there needed to be a church closer to the middle of the city that would reach Missouri State students and other university students. It was in March... Of 2016, when about 30 of us were in a basement of Michael Robinson's house and we just prayed like crazy. And a local church was born. And in just under eight years, look what God has done. We, we gathered for the very first time in May of 2016. May 22nd, 2016, about 120 of us. And that's how it started just by show of hands, if you were there on that first Sunday, would you raise your hand? There's a bunch of them over here. God has used this church in just under eight years to reach hundreds and hundreds of people. In our first seven years, 350 people have met Jesus and will now spend eternity with him through the gospel work of Hill City Church. God has used this church. There are so many others who were not connected or active in a local church, and they are now connected and active. God is using this church. God is using so many of you, Hill City. Good morning. My name is Brad, and I am the lead teaching pastor here, and it is just an honor to be here. And I just want you to look around. I think Dr. John Marshall was on to something. Can you just for a minute look around the room? This is incredible. Hey, fourth and fifth graders, this is a huge day, and I'm pumped that you're here, and we're going to get rowdy. We've got to chill for a little bit, and then we're going to get rowdy. Can you get rowdy with me? Okay, good. That's what I like. Okay? That's what I like. I just read to you Matthew chapter 28. It's the Great Commission. Listen, this is what we're here to do. Make disciples of all nations. We are here to baptize them. We just did it. We're going to do it again at 11 o'clock. And we're supposed to teach them. This is what Jesus said. And I would argue, maybe this is a stretch. I don't think it is. I would argue that two-thirds of this great commission, that this would be done in the context of a local church. We're going to go out there. We're going to give people the greatest news they've ever heard in their life. It's the gospel. That's out there. 
We will also continue to disciple in here, but in here is where we baptize. In here is where we teach people God's word. I mean, baptism is one of the things, one of the ordinances that were, what is given to the local church. Teach them. Well, where? Where are we supposed to teach them? You know, Jesus borrowed building. He, went, he would go into a synagogue and, and teach, and people would come, come in there. Like, like, like we're going we're gonna to baptize within a local church. We're going to teach within the context of the local church. And Hill City, you need to know, if you're new here, you, I just want to bring you up to date. We have always been a church. Because we were planted, we've always been a church that has known we are going to plant more churches. Let me read to you a quote by the great, the late great Tim Keller. Here's what he says. The vigorous, continual planting of new congregations is the single most crucial strategy for the numerical growth of the body of Christ within a city. And the continual corporate renewal and revival of the existing churches within a city. So planting new churches reaches people, but it also it causes other churches to get better. He goes on to say this, nothing else, not crusades, outreach programs, parachurch ministries, growing megachurches, congregational consulting, nor church renewal processes will have the consistent impact of dynamic, extensive church planting. This is an eyebrow-raising statement. But to those who have done any study at all, it's not even controversial. Leading missiologist C. Peter Wagner says this, Planting new churches is the most effective evangelistic methodology known under heaven. We saw two baptisms this morning. We're going to see five more in the 11. You know what I want? I want that to happen all over the country. Do you? Come on. We don't want it just to be here. We want it to be everywhere. Here's the problem. Churches, by and large, can fall into three categories. Three categories of churches, specifically in the United States. You have shrinking churches, you have growing churches, and you have multiplying or planting churches. Shrinking churches, we describe shrinking churches as this. Their, their mantra is this, please stay. Please stay. People are, people are, are kind of leaving these shrinking churches, and, and the leadership is just going, don't go. Please stay. Please stay. And here's the sad number is that that shrinking churches are 80 to 85% of all the churches in the United States would be in the category of shrinking churches. Then you have growing churches. These are churches that are like, please come. I want you to come to us. So, so this is more where it's like uh, consumeristic, and, and we're going we're gonna to make sure that you're entertained. We're going to make sure that like, this is a, a good show for you, that, man, you love it so much that you come back next week. And this is about 10 to 15% of the churches in the United States. And a lot of the shrinking churches have people that are leaving churches that are saying, please stay, and they're going to churches that say, please come. Now, you may conclude as you look around the room, like, well, what are you guys doing? And, and you need to understand that it might, it might seem like, man, Hill City seems like one of those, those please come churches, um, but we're not. We don't, we, don't, we don't do that. Like, we don't send out mailers. We don't do big campaigns, and we just don't do that because what we have always aspired and desired to be is a multiplying church. A planting church. This is a church that says, please 
go. Not, and we're not saying please go away. We're saying please go on mission. And the sad reality is this, that less than 1% of all the churches in the United States will ever plant another church. In 2014 in this country, 4,000 churches were planted. Let me say that again. In 2014, 4,000 churches were planted in this country. 3,700 churches also closed in the same year. Right? You think, okay, we're, we're, we're on the right side. I said that was 2014. In 2019, 3,000 new churches started in the United States. 4,500 churches closed their doors. Now, that's 2019. Something happened the next year. And I'm just telling you, I looked and looked. You can't even hardly find the data on how many churches started and stopped. The pandemic hit, and I'm telling you, I think they're still counting the number of churches that closed their doors that never reopened. It's a problem. We must plant churches. I would argue that it's biblical. I'm going to just give you two examples. I think there are more. There's a guy in the Bible. His name is Paul. Have you guys ever heard of the Apostle Paul? Paul was a missionary machine. This guy, he didn't know Jesus. He's far from Jesus. God radically met him. God saved him. And what Paul did was he obeyed Jesus. And he was actually, you can read about it in Acts chapter 13. He was commissioned by a local church and was sent out of the church at Antioch. And that was the beginning of a crazy, crazy stretch. And over the course of 13 years, Paul planted at least 14 churches. And you read the letters that he would write to these churches. There was a church at Ephesus, a church at Philippi, a church in Rome. And Paul would write letters to these churches that he planted. The, the apostles were also church planters. You just go read Acts, that is the story of these guys and the account of their church planting ministry. Like this is the way to reach people. We must plant new churches because new churches best reach new generations. Here's the reality. Long established churches, long established congregations... They develop traditions. They settle in. They become a little bit complacent. And listen, I'm not, I am not, we, we are no better than them. Let this be a warning to Hill City. We will hold tightly to our theology and what the Bible teaches, and we will hold loosely to how we do church. Because we don't want to be a church that gets complacent and stops reaching new people and new generations. But this, we know this happens. New churches best reach new generations. New churches actually best reach the unchurched. And I would make this argument that new churches are arguably even a safer place to try for the unchurched. just want to tell you a quick story of, of a young lady, a soccer player at Missouri State, Molly Brewer. She was invited to, ch to church by a friend, and it was, it was old or longer established church, and she was a little freaked out. She was so freaked out that she parked two parking lots away because she didn't want to pull into the parking lot of the church. She was freaked out by what, the way the church looked and the way things were, and it was just re really odd. And, and, and then she came in. It was like it felt kind of cold, and like she didn't know what to do. And it was weird, and she didn't go back. And then a year 
later she was invited to a church that met in a hotel, super unpolished. And she walked in and she said it was warm. It's like they were looking for me. And Molly met Jesus at this church in a hotel. And he radically changed her life. And she gave her life to ministry. And she didn't just meet Jesus, she met her husband at this church in a hotel. And now Molly and Aaron York are here, and they got a little baby here. Molly's parents come here because new churches seem safer place for the unchurched to just try out. I think we need to reach the Mollies all over the country, don't you, Hill City? They're at every university in this country. We will plant new churches. Now, how will we do that? Because there's more than one way to do it. And the way we're going to plant churches can best be explained by explaining the SALT network. We talk about this a lot. Some of you are not really familiar with what the SALT network is. So I want to explain the SALT network to you. We are part of, Hill City Church is part of the SALT network of churches. This SALT network actually started eight years ago with eight churches. And there was a church in Ames, Iowa, where the Iowa State Cyclones are, who beat the Jayhawks, which we love when people beat the Jayhawks yesterday. But listen, the Iowa State Cyclone, a uh, Cornerstone Church started, they planted a few churches up in Iowa, and then eight churches eight years ago became the SALT network of churches. Hill City Church was the first church that was grafted into that family, meaning we weren't planted out of one of those churches. They brought us in uh, to the family. We, 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 were, we were on the, the same mission, and it's been amazing. And right now, in the SALT network of churches, now we're up to 30 churches. So the strategy here we have a map, and you can see the orange dots are the churches within the network. But there is a strategy. Do you see all of the white dots? And the strategy is this. There are 403 major universities in the United States. When I say major universities, I mean universities with 15,000 or more students. Okay, way more universities. The, these, the white dots only represent the major universities. And our goal is to plant local, multi-generational, thriving churches that will go after these universities. Listen, if you, universities and what happens at universities, it actually drives the culture. We will go after universities. See, here's what happened. In the 60s, things got crazy in this country, specifically crazy on university campuses. And local churches actually started running away from those, from the crazy. Like these crazy, sex-addicted, liberal nut jobs, we're getting away. And the church 
ran. Now, parachurches actually picked up the slack, praise God, for the parachurch movement. So like, well, what's parachurch? This is like uh, the NAVs. This is like a crew. These, these, are, these are campus ministries that reach college students. And praise God that they reach college students. See, they picked up the slack where the church ran away. Here's the problem. Here's what we begin to notice is that students, while they were involved in parachurches on their college campus, as soon as they graduated college, well, what do we do now? See, these parachurches weren't tied to a local church. And we need to go after universities, and we need to tie university students to a local church that's multi-generational, where when they graduate, they know exactly what they're supposed to do. This is what happens in the SALT network. Here's a sad reality. Today, literally today, in this country, we see the lowest percentage of college-age students in the church, in the history of our country. Here's what that means. We must take the gospel to campuses all over across this country. We will not run from the crazy that exists at university campuses. We will not run from it. We will do the opposite. We will run straight to it. That's what is happening here. You can see the salt company. See, every church within the salt network of churches has a college ministry called the salt company and the salt company goes after college students there's a midweek gathering of college students on all 30 of these dots and and then all of them are told every time they meet during during the week hey this isn't your church we actually are a part of a local church and you need to come on sunday and let me just tell you that's why you're struggling to find a seat here because the way Aaron and his team leads college students and gets them plugged into a local church. And here's what we know, guys. College students, oh, because this was most of you, by the way, college students don't stay college students. They graduate, they get married, they have kids, they get jobs, they need Jesus, and they need to be plugged in to a local church church so the salt network churches here they are here they are you can see the universities you can see uh the churches each one of these churches are autonomous and and here is uh just the major university that they go after most churches like hill city they actually don't only go to the major university in their city there are other smaller universities and they go after them we we probably have uh well, I mean, we have probably 40 students here from SBU right now. We, we have evangel students coming. We have C of O students coming. We have, uh, we have jury students coming. We have uh, uh, um, um, OTC. Thank you. Thank you. OTC students are here. Like, like it's not just one college. These are just the major universities. So here, how does it work? So do you, you need to understand this because this is huge. We don't, we, listen, the SALT Network, don't just, they don't, we just don't grab a guy and be like, all right, you want to go here? All right, go. Good luck. Go get him. We, we support you. And, and some, some guy and his family moves to some strange city where there's a major university. Just let us know how it goes. That is not how it works. 
How does it work within the network? How are we going to plant churches? Well, each church at a minimum starts with four leaders, okay? There's a lead pastor that goes. Then there's a salt company director. This is, this is your traditional like college pastor. So, so those two for sure. We want to send a worship leader with every new church. That is really, really important. And then the fourth one that we must send is what we call a female lead, right? Listen, here's the reality. Most college ministries start with about 70% females, right? So it just proves what we've known for years. College guys aren't the smartest guys in the world, okay? Eventually that percentage starts to even out once the college guys figure it out. But we send a female lead, at a minimum, that's who goes, but we don't stop there. You see, Hill City, we're going to plant a church, and we're going to send a minimum of four leaders, but then here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the students that are part of the SALT company right here at Missouri State and other schools, and we are going to ask them to transfer to the university we're going after. And then we're going to go to the graduating college students from Missouri State and the other uh, universities that we reach. And we're going to ask the graduates, hey, we want you to not look for a job here. We want you to look for a job in the city where we are going. And I want you to go with this church plan. And then after that, we look to the families of this church. And we say, now we need families of this church to begin to pray. Would you pray? And would you start thinking about what it would look like for God to call you to another city? And let me let you, this is, this is huge. Let me, here is who is included in the families. Are you ready? Everybody. No one's off limits. When we go plant a church, there's nobody on this staff. There's nobody on this church, in this church that's off limits to be approached to say, what do you think about coming? Like, they could ask me to go. I'm going to say no. But they can ask. No one is off limits. Think, man, that's crazy. Well, it gets crazier. It doesn't stop there. See, we have this whole network of churches, these other 29 churches besides Hill City. And then we tell that whole network where we are going to be planning a church. And then we ask students from other universities to transfer. We ask graduates, graduates from other universities to think about getting jobs in other cities. We ask families from all these other churches, would you consider moving? This has already started happening in this church right here at Hill City. Missouri State students have left to go serve in other network churches. Ryan, Sarah, and Michael, they left and they moved to Ann Arbor, Michigan, and they are at a church at the University of Michigan Wolverines. They just won a national championship, but more importantly, in, in Ann Arbor is a new church sharing the good news of Jesus. And we have three people that left here to go do that. We have Sienna and Carson and Lily. They left. They went to a town of Greeley, Colorado, because we just planted a church uh, in Greeley, and they went out there because the Lord called them. Greeley is like smelly and not like sexy at all like that like they call Greeley the dirty G that's its nickname and three people left God's country Springfield Missouri <laughs> to go there Daniel Reed went and raised support and he has been a resident 
at the University of Nebraska Omaha City Light Church. Alyssa left to move to Fort Collins where there was a new church there. These are all people who have left this church, our people, to go. I just want to tell you something this morning. Hill City Church, it is working. God is using the SALT network of churches. In 2023, the SALT network average, this is average, 8,600 college students would gather for a midweek across 30 churches in this network. In those SALT companies, the college ministries, there are 1,500 student leaders. These are future SALT directors. These are future church planners. These are lay leaders. We use the term here, train them up. That's what we do here. We train them up. We give an incredible amount of responsibility to people who are incredibly irresponsible <laughs> with a ton of oversight. And we pray our socks off that God would bless it. And he's doing it. Of these 30 churches, each Sunday, starting, let's just start with today, there will be an average of 19,000 400 people going to church this morning in Assault Network churches. In 30 churches in 2023. How many churches? 30 churches in 2023 baptized 1,394 people. It's huge. 126 of those right here it's great yeah it's awesome but let me let me just let some of you in on things i mean listen we are a part of this but hill city you actually had a way bigger part than you might know and let me explain why because two percent of our budget of your faithful giving two percent of it goes back to the network and it takes money to plant churches it takes money to run churches and it takes a while for these new churches to be able to be self-supported. So guess what? We're doing that. Some of you didn't realize that. Like you had a way bigger part than what you might imagine. I want you to know what's going on across this country right now. This is a multiplying gospel movement. Now here's the crazy thing. We believe, we absolutely believe by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the work of God, that we can actually have 403 major universities reach and have a salt network church there in 18 years that's the goal 18 years we can have 403 churches now listen we better be praying like crazy if that's going to happen in 2024 this year a brand new church is going to start in las vegas where unlv is in 2024 there's going to be a, a new church start and what I call the Missouri state of Minnesota. It's the Minnesota state. We've heard of Minnesota, the Golden Gophers. Most of you have never heard of Minnesota state, right? But it's just like, it's very similar to us. And, and that's going to happen in 2024. In 2025, there's going to be a church in Denton, Texas, and they're going to go after University of North Texas. In 2025, the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee. We already have one in Madison. We're going to go to Milwaukee. In 2025, University of Tennessee, the volunteers. So there's going to be a new church in Knoxville, 2025. And then there's also going to be a new church uh, in, in Northern Illinois, University of Northern Illinois. That's all going to happen in the next two years. Let me tell you something real quick about Mankato. 
Mankato, Minnesota. This is where Minnesota State is. A young guy named Stephen Jones, he's going there to plant. He's done some study, and here's what we know about Minnesota State. Here's what we know about Mankato. The CDC says this. It's the drunkest city in the United States. And we're running to it, not from it. Stephen's got his work cut out for him. But God will go before them. And some crazy awesome things are going to happen in Mankato, Minnesota. Generations Church. Another story within the network. Last Sunday, Generations Church met for the very first time. Generations Church is up at the University of Oregon. That green and gold school you see on TV with the ducks, right? They have the coolest uniforms in college football, right? We just started a church in that city. Listen to me. Their very first Sunday, last Sunday, 486 people showed up. Listen to me. Yeah. The, the pastor there is Solomon Rexius. Listen to me. That didn't happen because Solomon Rexius is awesome. That happened because God went before Solomon Rexius. And he is moving. And we just need to follow him. So, listen, we had some hands go up. I want to show you a quick video from Generations Church first Sunday. If you help Hill City plant, you're going to have a little PTSD when you see this video, right? We're rolling boxes off trailers. We're setting kids' dividers up. So if somebody starts to weep next to you, just rub their shoulder. <laughs> Say, hey, you don't, we don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> but this is pretty awesome. Let's watch. Hey, listen, I know a lot of you are new. You think like this all just kind of like, woo, poof, it happened. Cause you, and some of you are like, they don't know those chairs. You see those chairs? 30 of them are going to break in two weeks, and it's going to be brutal. But that's church planting. We will plant churches. I'll make sure you hear what I said. Churches, plural. But it starts with one. We will plant churches. And today we are pumped to announce where we will be planting in 2026. You will see Hill City uh, a Church plant, a daughter church of Hill City that will begin in 2026. So what do I mean by that? Roughly 25 months from right now, we will send a team. So hear me out. So... Colton Banks. Colton Banks came on as a church planning resident in July of 2023. And we are going to be sending Colton Banks to uh, a city that we're going to announce. Now, kids, this is, I told you it's going to be time to get rowdy, didn't I? Okay, so hear me out. So here's what's going to happen. Now, you all got to practice during baptisms. It's going to be very similar. Okay, we're going to have a video, and, and Colton is going to pick the hat where he is going to go. Plant a church. And when, listen to me, when he picks 
the hat. What we're going to ask you guys to do, very similar to how you did in baptisms, you're going to come up out of your seat because outside of people passing from death to life, this is arguably the most exciting thing we're going to do in this church. Now, Niners, Niners, put your phones out. Don't video this. Don't text friends. Don't post it on social media. You can't spoil it for the 11 o'clockers. Okay? Do I have your word? Do I have your word? Please, please, please do not uh, spoil, spoil this. Don't take any video. So Colton Banks is, is absolutely going to announce. But, but right now what we're going to go live. He, it's a live presser. And it's a live presser. I think, Colton, I think we're ready for the live presser. He's going to announce where. Okay. Hang on. Well, just like to uh, thank everybody for coming out today. Uh, it's certainly been a long journey to get here. Uh, I'd like to start off just by saying thank you to my family and friends who have uh, supported me on this journey. Uh, I'd like to thank Hill City Church for supporting me on this journey. And above all, I just want to thank God. I want to thank God for helping me get to this point. Uh, but I don't want to waste any more of your time. I know you've all been waiting for me to make my decision. And uh, I think it's time to do that. Let's do it. No. 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 We're going to Oregon State. Go Beefs. Can we show our new map? I want to. Oh, there we're gonna be. Let's go. Let's go, beefs. All right. Some of you are noticing. You're noticing what I'm noticing. I just want to talk to Colton briefly. Like, uh, and you guys can grab a seat. You can grab a seat. Thank you for getting rowdy. Um, hey, Colton. That's a long way away, bro. Yeah. Like that is not. Yeah. A couple hours. Um, why are you going to Corvallis, Oregon, dude? Yeah, it's definitely a long ways away. I think this might qualify as like a Hill City global trip, how far it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so why Corvallis? That's the question, right? So let me just say this. Uh, most church planning candidates in the network, they know exactly where they want to go from the beginning. I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go, but I did come with, with an open posture just saying, Lord, wherever it is, uh, I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to go. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't really know. So what happened, but I did know this, I will say this, I did have a strong pull towards the West and I'll talk more about that in a second, but we started throwing names out from the beginning and lo and behold, Corvallis, Oregon, where Oregon State University is, got thrown into the mix. 
And truthfully, I didn't know anything about Corvallis. Uh, so I started having conversations, started learning more, started researching. Then I started to pray over the name. And as we prayed over the name, it came a point where we realized, okay, I think, I think it's time we take, we take a visit to Corvallis. And guys, that, that was a, needless to say, that was a life-changing trip. Uh, it was incredibly encouraging. And we walked away provoked to pray. Just praying, God, if this, if this isn't it, uh, if this is a no, would you just make it clear? Because mm-hmm. we think mm-hmm. this is it. Uh, and so we started praying. And one thing led to another. Long story short, we landed on Corvallis. And there's really, there's really three big reasons why. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of reasons, but I think these are the reasons that are, are worth focusing on today. So three big reasons. Number one, the need, guys, the need is great in Corvallis. Uh, I, I talked about having that strong pull towards the west. Part of that is because there's actually a region in the U.S. known as the unchurched belt. Like that is actually in our backyard, and the name means exactly as it sounds. There is, the, it's the highest amount of unchurched people in the U.S., the, the least amount of religious participation. It's a handful of states, Alaska, Washington, Nevada, and Oregon, where Corvallis is. And man, just from the beginning, that stirred my affections. It, mm-hmm. it stirred a vision. Like, what if, what if we could turn the unchurched belt into the next Bible belt? Mm-hmm. Like, what if we changed that narrative? What if us planting a church there was part of this catalytic movement for the next great awakening in the mm-hmm. Northwest? Mm-hmm. That's good. And so the need is great in Corvallis. Uh, secondly, the need is great at Oregon State University. Mm-hmm. Uh, God loves the beavers. But... Here's the deal. It's the largest university in Oregon, roughly 36,000 students. And, and I, I can't get, like, fact, factual estimates, but these are pretty good estimates that of those 36,000 students, less than 1% to 3% are connected to a local church. So, guys, I mean, that's thousands and thousands and thousands of students who are desperately in need of the good news of mm-hmm, Jesus. Mm-hmm and desperately in need of more healthy, gospel-centered churches in the mm-hmm. area. And then, so the need is great at Oregon State. And then last, final reason is Generations Church. So yeah. Brad mentioned them a little bit. But from the beginning, we knew, hey, we're planting our first church out of Hill City. It's probably pretty important that we're in decent proximity to another salt church. And just 45 minutes south, you can see it there, is, is Generations Church in Eugene, Oregon, where the University of Oregon is. Sco Ducks. Um, but that's, that was huge for us. They, uh, mm-hmm. we, we put the idea in front of them from the beginning. Hey, we're thinking about checking out Corvallis. And if they would have, guys, if they would have been like, I don't know, if they would have been skeptical about it, uh, we wouldn't have done it. We wouldn't have gone. But they just championed the idea from the beginning. And ever since then, a friendship has grown mm-hmm. and what will be a lifelong partnership and so the need is great in Corvallis the need is great at OSU and Generations Church those are three big reasons so I already mentioned it's a long way away I told you know we talked about how he doesn't go it alone and you know you got a team to build we know you're not going to go alone but like have you thought about who might go with you yeah so if it was just me obviously this whole thing would fail you guys have probably heard that that John Wooden quote uh, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hinted at the staff t- 
team, the typical staffing model for church plant teams in the SALT network, that core four, right? So you've got uh, lead pastor, which will be myself. Then you've got worship director, SALT director, and a female lead. Yep. We, we don't know who's going to fill those positions, but besides the people in this room who will go on the plant, uh, we know that that team is going. Uh, but we don't know who's going to fill those positions, but let me just say this. That's, that's the conventional staffing model. Uh, we're not exactly conventional. It's true. Okay, so <laughs> we're, we're doing something just a little bit different. We're taking that core four, and we're actually making it a core five. Okay. So there's going to be two lead pastors, myself, one other person. It's, it's what's called a co-lead model. Uh, and we actually do know who's going to fill that position. Yeah, so other churches in the network do this co-lead model. Um, you decided that we, it would be best if you did that. Hill City uh, definitely started with that, and it, and it did indeed bless us. Um, so, so, man, Corvallis was a massive, massive announcement. Now, my ears didn't fail, fail me. You just said you know who's going with you to be that co-lead pastor. Is that what you said? Yes. So here now we have a second huge announcement of the day. Um, Colton, who is going with you to be a co-lead pastor in Corvallis? Yeah, so you guys may have heard of him. Uh, he's one of my best friends. It's Aaron Nelson. So if you guys, if you guys don't know, this is, this is Aaron uh, Nelson. The, this is his wife, wife Tatum. A lot of you, she's a behind-the-scenes girl. Um, so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna skip past this guy just for a minute. Tatum, we do actually need a chat because I said it uh, to Colton. Um, that's a long way away. I mean, that's far away. How are you feeling? Yeah, of course. Um, that is very far away. So I'm nervous about the distance and just being far from family and friends. But overall, I'm really excited um, just to see what the Lord has in store for us and just to start conversations with people, whether they're interested in coming with us or they just want to learn more about the church plant. That's awesome. And just to be clear, and I made it very clear to, to Aaron as this started, and you guys need to understand that I'm serious. Like, if she, if she ain't on board, and if she wasn't on board, he ain't going. That's how it, that's how it works. Okay, when God calls uh, a married man somewhere, trust me, he will call that man's wife. And we've, we've, they spent so, many time in, so much time in prayer, and we know that that has happened. So I'm going to throw it to you too, dude. Like, it's, it's a long way away. Yeah, yeah, I want to reiterate. Um, super excited. I mean, what an amazing opportunity getting to go and be in Corvallis, amazing city. Um, and so super excited about what God's going to do there. But also, as I've been reflecting on where we're going to be going, I've got the opportunity to reflect on where we're at here. Um, and one of my favorite things is, yes, we give 2% to the network. But guys, we also made up 8% of the network's baptisms this past year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the same. And so what else I'm really excited about is what is God going to continue to do here? We have 25 months. Yeah. God has a lot more time to do a lot of really cool things here. I'm still a bear, guys. Bear up for life, all right? <laughs> That's not going anywhere. 
But I'm super excited about what God's going to continue to do here. So, and then the second thing, I got a word from Danny Mac, uh, deliciously scared. It's the most Danny Mac phrase ever. Deliciously scared. Um, yeah, I mean, we're having a baby in a few months. And that's super exciting. We can't wait. But it means we're also leaving family. Yeah. And that's, that's scary. Um, and God has really challenged me in this time and challenged my view of eternity. I've had to believe more in eternity in the last three or four months than I have the rest of my life. Um, because I, I have to leave behind people that I know I'm going to see one day again in heaven. Um, and so it's just challenged the way I viewed eternity and having to step into that and be deliciously scared yeah. and ready to go. That's awesome. Yep. Listen, we've we, we do we got time for excitement and we got time to answer questions. Um, and, but right now we want to live in the excitement. Okay. And, and I, I want to, as we kind of conclude here today, that they're, they're already going to want to know. So, Colton, I'm going to throw it to you. How... Right now, give me like some steps where they can get involved in the in the near future. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna give you one step right now. Okay, so we get a lot we get a lot of questions. Uh, I'm just gonna tell you right now, some of those uh, questions, the answer is gonna be I don't know. We're figuring it out. Uh, but there is a place where you can get most of your questions answered. So church planning class, Aaron and I are gonna be teaching this. Uh, starts February 18th. Um, I'll talk more about that in our announcements today. But if you want to know how to get involved, I'm interested. I just want to learn more. The church planning class is going to be the great next step. Awesome. That's good. And then what we want to do uh, is we want to pray for these guys. So as, as we pray today over you two, give us, give us some specific things that we could be praying uh, for you guys. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the core five. That is, they're going to end up being family as we head out. We're going to spend a lot of time with those core five people who are going to be on staff with the church. And so just prayer for who God is sovereignly placing in those positions. And then the second thing is we pray at 1002 every day for the Lord to send laborers into the harvest field. Uh, and so what we're praying for specifically is we look towards who's going with us besides staff is we're praying 50 people from this church will leave their homes here, move 30 hours across the nation with us to go plant this church. And we believe that as we continue to pray Luke 10, 2, over and over again, that he'll provide that. And so we ask that you join us in praying for that to happen and also join us in praying, could that be you? Mm -hmm. Could you be one of those 50? That's awesome. So here's what I'm going to have you do. Elders in the church, I'm going to have you guys come up to the stage. The rest of you, I'm going to have you stand up. I just hear 10.02 alarms going off. That's awesome. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw another prayer request in there while the elders are coming up. You have not seen upset until you see a mamma who has a grandbaby being moved away 30 hours. I don't even know if you're going to call a mamma, but, okay, but whatever. I grew up in a trailer park, so it's mamma. Okay? <laughs> but man, my point is this, guys. There's some, these guys are going to have family members that are going to be like, what the heck are you doing? And it won't make sense. And we need to pray for them in that, but also their family. Because it, it doesn't make sense unless you're thinking about the kingdom. So here's what we're going to do. We got the elders. We're going to, you guys get in here tight. Elders are going to come. We're going to lay hands on these guys. And we're going to Hill City, what we do at Hill City. And so we're, if you would, because we can't all get up here, just have your hands out. Uh, we're going to pray over them and just lift them up. Um, man, God has already, he's going before them. We know this. So join us as we pray. So God, we start with you. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your goodness to us, Lord, your ever 
lasting loving kindness is so evident. Lord, your faithfulness truly does endure to all generations, including ours and future generations, Lord. And so, God, we come to you with gratitude, with thanksgiving this morning. Lord, we enter into your courts with praise. You are truly worthy of it all. Lord, we know that the knowledge of your glory will cover your world. This is your mission. And your heart has always been for the nations. Lord, you are in the business of bringing your people back into fellowship with you. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. The work of salvation is his work, not ours. Lord, you defeated sin and death on our behalf. Lord, but you didn't stop there. Lord, you sent your Holy Spirit into our hearts so that we can experience this freedom. Thank you, Lord, for salvation, for freedom from bondage, freedom to love you, freedom to love each other. Lord, and now you've empowered us for your mission through the design of your local church. Lord, thank you for Hill City Church. And now, Lord, you've put two of your own image bearers, Lord, special ones, two servants in front of us, Lord. And Aaron's wife, Lord, and we thank you for them. Lord, you've empowered them for your mission. They're yours. Lord, we especially want to pause and ask that you would give Colton and Aaron wisdom beyond their years. Lord, as Aaron said, there could be fear that rises in their hearts, Lord, but you have not given us the spirit of fear. You've given us the spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Lord, just as you did at Generations Church, would you go before us? Go before them. Lord, even though we're 25 months out, Lord, would you begin to prepare hearts on that campus and in that town even today? Lord, you truly are the Lord of the harvest. Thank you, Lord, that this work is yours. You are sovereign over it all. So, Lord, be with our church. Give us wisdom as we help in this mission. We trust you, Lord. We commit all of this to you in Jesus' name and by his authority, the one who will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen.